Hi everyone, uh, this is Sai Ron from Hong Kong and I'm the founder of the CEO Cars. And thank you for joining the episode 4 of CEO Cars and we organize virtual fireside chats with the greatest leaders around the world and talk about personal goals and growth. And if you like our work, please follow our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and most important, our podcast. And you will find it in Google and Apple and also Spotify. And it is great that today we have our class, Olive. Uh, he's the CEO of Education Alliance Finland. And also uh, today our host is Carolina. And she's just joined the Zero class team as the uh, country lead of the Poland chapter. And let me pass my time to Carolina. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, it's amazing to have this opportunity. I have to say, like, I'm super excited to join CEO class. Um, as I'm a CEO, but a very young one, and I have this strong intention to learn a lot. So I really hope we will share, uh, well, great people as we have our guest today. So that's for sure the great expertise coming and great inspiration coming. Um, I'm the CEO of the language brand. Um, so today's topic of the education is even like closer to my heart than any other topic on earth. Um, yeah, so I will be the one to lead the Polish chapter team. And I hope we will spread the news around the Europe and the globe about the CEO class. Uh, so I'm very happy I can uh, join. I would really like to welcome Oli, our guest today. Um, how's life? Life's good. <laughs> we finally got some snow in Helsinki, so that. that uh, I'm too jealous. No, yeah. oh, Warsaw. I'm Warsaw. Like no snow, totally. I, you know, I don't know what to do. Like I will. I don't know. Like 2020 is difficult for us. 2021 also started with no snow, and I'm I'm shocked about that. Um, yeah, so what? Even, even Madrid has has like yeah. half a year of snow, and we still don't have it. Like it's very like unfortunate and unfair, I would say. Um, as I'm a ski, you know, like fan, and I love skiing so much, impossible now. So, just starting our conversation, what are you up to at the very beginning of January? Um, are you already in the move? Like you already started, or maybe you had your Christmas break, and right now you're starting slow. Um, so what's the update? Yeah, I suppose this was the first time uh, since we started Education Alliance Finland like, like five years ago. This was the first Christmas that I was able to have like a proper Christmas break. And uh, I, I, I came back to office uh, last Thursday. So Thursday, Friday was sort of like a soft landing for, mm. the, for the normal work mood. And uh, starting this week, uh, things business as usual. There are different different things. Naturally, we do run the, the evaluations that we do and the certification work. We, we, we run that during the holidays as well. All the evaluations are done by teachers. And, and when they are on holidays from school, they actually have more time to dedicate or, mm. to do the, the evaluation work. So in a way, that can be busy time for us business-wise. But but of course, since I'm, I'm not dealing with the... Uh, the, the everyday evaluation processes. So, so I had a chance to take a break during the Christmas. Uh, besides the the, the the normal evaluation work, we we've been doing fundraising. Uh, so that that is keeping us uh, still busy. We we have closed the round, but of course there's some administration work to be done, and and of course a lot of planning how to mm. how to use the resources that that we managed to gain and. 
how do cool. you use them, use them wisely? Okay. Well, I will definitely would like to ask some questions about your background, your uh, role as the CEO, your way of operation. So uh, I will try to cover it all so that we can really get to know you uh, more. And I'm super excited about the education topic as I'm also working in the education, maybe not from the same perspective as you, but it's super great. We can meet today. I would like to start from something that I found um in the internet, I know you visited Poland. You visited Dańsk with your uh, during the conference that you that you joined. You told everybody that you hated school, and <laughs> um, like right now you work for the education. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, how is that possible that somebody who was like a main hater of the school, maybe not the main hater, but you didn't really like it? I understood how it happened that right now you support these solutions. You try to innovate. Why not? any other industry yeah well well i suppose it's a it's a i i think it's not really wrong to say that i that i hated school but i didn't hate it every day that i went to school <laughs> but there there were many times as well that i i didn't really care that much about going to school um as a student i always did like like okay when it comes to to what like exam scores and and so on but at the same time uh, I'm more of a creative, creative person. Like I, I, I'm, I'm quite spontaneous, and I, I get inspired e- easily, and and uh, I, I want to do projects, and I, and I, I want to use my imagination and be creative. And I think that at least back in the days when I went to school, like in the nineties, twenty, twenty, I think I finished my high school, two thousand one, two thousand two. So up to that time, at least, I think that there was not that many creative activities that students used to do in schools. Of course, that, and that's very understandable. That's, that's the whole setup of the school that you have 20, 25 students in one classroom. How can you do, how can you do such like uh, inspirational creative projects there? But at the same time, I think that, that for maybe I could even say that for most of the students, it's not really a place where you get to find the best of you and and yeah. find your own strengths. You kind of go along with with everybody else, and and uh, and and then after after you graduate, then you can start uh, experimenting different things. And and uh, the reason why I ended up uh, first studying to become a teacher, I think that was part of my idealistic mind that I, I wanted to if if I if I see something that is not working I I normally have the attitude that how can I help to fix it instead of like I don't want to have anything to do with that mm, yeah. like so I wanted to become a teacher also because I, I thought that there's a there's a lot that teachers can do to to to, to make schools more engaging for the students and so on. I specialized in music when I studied to become a teacher and, and um, when I was teaching music in school, I had uh, very brave ideas like and bold ideas that I have th- these kind of projects like composing projects and, and th- these kind of creative projects I want to do with my students. But the, then the reality hit me that I, I, I ended up finding myself playing piano in a, in a music classroom and trying to get the students sing with me. And I, mm-hmm. and I found it really hard to... to to, to sort of do the things that I wanted to do in that setup that the, how the school and, and the classes are, are formed. 
And then we started thinking that, okay, technology should definitely have, like, we didn't use technology almost at all in, in our in our school back in the days. And and yet again, I've been composing songs with the computer since I was a little child. And I started thinking then that, okay, let's, let's drop this type of lessons that I play piano and kids are pretending that they're singing somebody else's songs. Let's start composing our own songs and use technology for, for composing songs. Because with technology, you don't know how you don't need to know how to play instrument, and still you can compose your own songs. And I started bringing in iPads, and and we were we were composing songs. And then I started to get some ideas that okay, this could be done. There should be a, 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 a for the purpose built uh, software for schools where kids could compose their songs. Mm-hmm. And with that idea, eventually, through a couple of coincidences, I ended up working in an edtech startup, developing a music learning platform. And that, okay. uh, that's that's how I ended in the edtech industry. Yeah, that, that's very interesting as you still stay with the same industry, but you changed, like, maybe not change, but you transitioned from being a teacher into the edtech, um, more, I would say, technology area of the industry. Um but Finland is known for like a, the greatest education system around the world. Maybe like like one of the top. Like when we discuss, then we know that you're not like at the end of the line of countries with their preparation for education, the approach. Uh, is it easier for you to operate or to be known that you're from Finland? Does it help you while conducting some projects and so on? Like, do you feel that first the field, like your own ground is supportive? And second, that because you are from Finland and people believe that you know what it means to create the education system that is working well. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. In, in a way, being from Finland is, is crucial to us. But I think that it has more to do with the, with the work that we do. Mm. Because we work with teachers and, and the teachers who we work with, they're conducting the, the quality evaluations of the learning solutions. And... I, I, for me, it's very easy to trust the Finnish teachers because I've, I've been studying with, with in, in Finnish university and also graduated as a teacher. So I kind of know our, our, the most crucial partners that we work with. I know them really well and I trust them 100%. Teacher education system in, in Finland is, is very high quality. Mm. Uh, so so that's, that's definitely a benefit for us. Then from a from a branding perspective, yeah, I, it might help. It's it's a little bit difficult to estimate it being from from like um, self it requires some self reflection, and that's much more difficult to reflect what what's the what's the impact of being from Finland to us uh, evaluating that by ourselves than if somebody looks it from from outside. Um, I think many people around us who are not from Finland, who maybe uh, operate in different markets, they always told us, especially in the beginning, that oh, you need to underline it more that you come from Finland and and uh, may be, be very proud of it and it will open doors for you. But for us, it felt like, well, I don't know. It's it's hard to estimate, evaluate if it really opens any doors. Um, yeah, but definitely as, as the ad tech market, you're like very like the the benchmark for many countries in in the field like how to do it in a in the right way like so many different innovations that are coming from Finland about the 
way to approach education this is this is super interesting to observe like i'm not so far from finland as poland is not located that far but um i always feel like whenever we talk about education then let's uh, also take a look and compare what finland for example uh, created so that is that is great um and looking but you you told about your path from being a teacher into being m- more into like the technology master and operating around technology uh was it in any way your intention to become the ceo as you are right now we are the ceo class so i have to ask this question uh, was it like intentionally your idea how you'd love to maintain your operation or it just happened and you just accepted the fact that right now everybody is going to call you the ceo of Education Alliance Finland. How does it work for you? Uh, well, it, it it happened, and that it happened because the the former CEO. When when we started the company, uh, we we have four founders, and uh, I. It was quite obvious for all of us that who is going to be the CEO, and it was my colleague Marika. But then Marika left for uh, maternity leave, mm. <laughs> and we needed to choose another CEO for the time being that she was away. So then it kind of the the position was just given to me. I I don't I don't know why. Oh, I feel like you should. You, I feel you know why. Like probably like I can believe that um, it 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 has to be stressful. Like I believe that. It, it's the moment that you realize, oh my God, right now everybody like all eyes on me, let's say, let's quote. Um, how does it like look like on daily basis? Like you as the CEO, you say that you're not like operational, you're not dealing with, let's say, every single process that you're having. So like if you can give us like the overview of like your activities, your role, like as the job position, how would you describe it briefly? Uh, well, well, my duties basically are well. Naturally, the the be, being the, the the top of all responsibilities, I'm, I'm making sure that that everything works. Uh, but at the same time, um, uh, other founder, my my colleague Sila, uh, she's the COO. She she has exactly the same responsibilities. I cannot really tell the tell the difference between us when it comes to sort of sort of level of res- responsibilities and so on. Um, the, we have divided just simply the the, the tasks uh, so that as a, as a CEO I take care of the, the the sales and marketing aspects. But at the same time, we we, we do share share uh, responsibilities in that area as well, and then um, my my COO takes care of the sort of the, the delivering the work to clients and and handling the the, the evaluation um, system completely. Mm. Um, I, and I and I think that that's that's quite. A normal way of of uh, dividing and, and sharing the responsibilities. That many times CEOs are responsible of the sales and marketing aspects, um, and and of course I, I think that when when working with clients, 
in the in the beginning when they reach out to us it's many times me that will start the discussion with clients or if there are partnerships with different uh, new potential partners to be formed it's normally me who start the conversation and and make the introductions and sort of sort of get to know and and also create ideas that who might be good potential partners for us and what kind of projects we we, we would be able to do and what would be beneficial so that kind of strategic from the sales and marketing point of view that kind of strategic Strategic uh, planning is is on on my plate, uh, but we do share responsibilities, and I I would say that it's really easy to be CEO when when you don't feel like I'm alone in this mm. position. Okay, um, do you sometimes engage in more I would say operational activities to be on time to still feel let's say the you say like evaluating um, learning solutions is like the most important aspect of. Of, of your organization, like the most important uh, issue deal with, um, there are different approaches. Like, do you support? Like, do you feel like it's good from time to time to be back, let's say, to the main operation to help people that evaluate learning solutions, or you try, you know, like to limit your engagement here to focus on sales and marketing? Like, how do you feel? It's about like some people say that it's a metaphor of having your hands dirty. Um, sometimes I feel like me being the ceo i i sometimes prefer like to to be there with my team doing even the simple things not to lose the touch of how it's working like not to be too idealistic after some time what's your approach about that yeah i i agree with you i i think it's very beneficial to to understand that the the sort of the 360 picture of the how 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 things are operating Um, I I do sometimes even evaluate products still, so I don't yeah. I, I haven't really isolated myself. It's more about making things more effective and have people to focus, uh, so that we 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 share the tasks tasks and some some things and areas of running the business to 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 between each other. But at the same time, we always collaborate in in every area. So I do enter the evaluations, and and of course in our weekly meetings we always discuss all the evaluations through and what are ongoing at the moment and what's the what's the situation with with different evaluations. So I kind of keep my my head is in in that field at the same time all, all the time, and I think it's also important because like that sort of the core principle uh, that that we have acquired very organically since the beginning is that the, the the only only thing that we need to focus on is to serve our, our clients as well as possible mm-hmm. and if we do that if we focus on that it means that everything else will 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 work and that that's also part of that that uh, sort of natural approach for us how to run the business and and in order to serve our clients as well as possible everybody needs to be aware of what happens with with the certain client mm-hmm. what, how is the product how is it working how is the the evaluation project going and and uh, if the client calls to me suddenly i i have the the most updated information or i get it in a in a in in few seconds from my colleague so that we we yeah that's that's the core principle that really guides all of our work and that sort of puts me very naturally into a position that i don't i cannot really go somewhere else and isolate myself from some part of the business um 
I, I don't know what you think about that. I feel like it's a part of also like the sustainable businesses if we would like to build them in a very aware way. I feel like the, the way that we distance ourselves as bosses, CEOs is mostly when it's like the more traditional kind of approach toward how to deal with things. Um, do you appreciate this option that you cannot distance totally from it? Like I know it can be tiring sometimes to stay with the operational work, to be on time with clients, to you know, like deal with their requests and so on. Like, do you rather appreciate that or sometimes it still, it tires you? Um, well, I, I would say that what, what tires me and stresses me more is if I'm, I'm uncertain what is going on with, with some certain mm. client. I'm very, I think that my, I'm, by nature, I'm very empathetic. And when I'm the one who first got introduced to a new client and had the first conversations and sort of we, we connected with the client before they uh, ended up ordering our evaluation, I consider these people as my, my friends or as, as someone who, who really mean to me a lot. And then when their product is, is being evaluated, I, I need to be aware of what is going on in the, in the eva during the evaluation. And, and also need to be convinced all the time that that we are de de delivering high quality to to my friend. <laughs> I, I kind of could consider the clients as my as my my friends or someone who is very important to me. And what is really stressing me is that if there is something that I like, if there are tons of evaluations going on at the same time, and I and I haven't been haven't had the time to update myself on on what's the status quo of each evaluation, that I I notice that those are the times when I when I get more stressed, that unawareness of things, and and yeah yeah so so I think that that's that's really the 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 biggest challenge for me. Maybe I could I maybe maybe in the future I. I I, I need to develop these um, this skill as well to distance myself and and sort of not to stress if I don't know what's going on in, with with each of the evaluations that we're doing. But at the same time, I kind of want to find it as a as a strength. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. However, it can be difficult from time to time on a daily basis as you have so many different issues to cope with. Uh, let's say strategically and then how to find enough time to be on time with every single client and every single request from the client you have but of course uh, considering them as friends this is like the very best opportunity we may have not as enemies as some companies I know but rather as friends this is like the best I feel uh, approach toward it um, you say about uh, developing some skills uh, looking back at your uh, CEO's background like how do you develop certain um, skills? Um, how do you develop your mindset? Like, what is the best way for you to grow as the CEO? Do you feel that it's more into your intuition? Do you support yourself with some mentors, maybe? Maybe with some books, courses? How do you deal with, like, self-education? Uh, well, I must say that I don't have um, that systematic approach. But I've I've tried to acquire some habits that I that I know that would be good for my for, for self development and developing my professional skills. I tend to listen to I, I like listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. 
so so since I'm listening different podcasts, anyways, I've been trying to to get some some podcasts on my on my podcast lists that would be helpful for for professional development as well. Um, mentors are very important. We are really close with with our investors. Uh, we have we have two private investors involved, and now a third one is is uh, joining as well. Um, both of these investors that we have had for a couple of years already, we are really close with them. We have, I do consider both, both of these. Another one is a small venture fund and another one is an angel investor. And with the, with the, with our chairman from, uh, of the board, he's from the venture fund. Uh, his name is Fabian Sepulveda. So I'm really close with him. Uh, we stay in touch at least on a weekly basis, almost daily basis. And the, the angel investor, he's a former colleague of mine from the previous at the company that I was working in. And we became friends during that time. And then he ended up investing in our company. And we, we are really close with him as well. And these, these people are really important to me. They are very, I would say that they're both quite different. They have different backgrounds. I'm, I'm from the education sector and I'm, I'm sort of the, 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 the content expert. But at the same that they have they have more experience in the like um, Fabian is has PhDs in economics and he's he's a business guy, mm-hmm. so he shares those perspectives with me and 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 then again the angel investor Bossy he's a, he has a family business background and and he has invested in tens of different companies so he he has a lot to share from that area with me how do investors think and and so on so. So these these two people are very important. I I wouldn't say we. It's not really that systematic. It's it happens more organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but still, it's it's kind of like a aware decision that I want to be be stay in touch with these guys uh, on on weekly daily basis in order to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of mentors, maybe they are not considered as mentors in your life, but you are in touch with them, so you discuss and consult many things. I don't know if you call them mentors or not, but somehow it may be the relation that you support each other with the expertise, with the knowledge. Um, I notice you're also engaged uh, in the startup acceleration programs. So it means that you become a mentor. Um, why this decision to share your knowledge? Like, you know, it's it's very difficult to operate on daily basis with probably your activities you have plenty of things to deal with but still you have some idea to to share some knowledge with with the younger ones or with the with the I don't know newcomers on the on the startup market uh, why this decision and how do you feel about that how, how does it work for you do you get some something back from this kind of programs for this kind of activities yeah yeah we do work with quite many accelerators and and I could say that those are the, the best type of partners for us uh, for, for many reasons. Also, many accelerators, they are our clients as well, so that we conduct evaluations of solutions that are being accelerated in, in certain programs. We also do host workshops for, for accelerators. Um, from like Accelerators are great places uh to educate ourselves like what's what are the latest innovations in the field of education because those many times the accelerators that we work with they work with uh early stage companies as well and it's those early stage companies that have the freshest ideas 
And if we if we start looking at portfolios, like now we 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 start the project again with the Singaporean accelerator called EduSpace, and our knowledge on the Singaporean market is is it's not the best because we are from Finland and and uh, who we randomly end up meeting with when it comes to different edtech companies. It's more European edtech companies, uh, but then again. A lot of new education innovations are happening in the in the Asian markets and and especially the the Asian school market is is in in general it's very like schools are very ambitious and students are very ambitious it's very different culture compared to the European school culture and we need to be aware of what's happening there as well and and working with the local accelerator with the Singaporean accelerator it's a great thing for us because that way it kind of gives us a, a, a perfect perspective for what's happening in the Southeast Asian edtech market. Mm-hmm. Is it an easy time for young entrepreneurs to launch startups, companies in the field of education, in the edtech industry? Um, speaking of COVID, but speaking of, you know, like so many solutions that are already on the market, would you say for uh, CEOs to be, is it easy time for like, right now to do any activities to like to start something uh well i i think covid has made it easier to maybe to raise investments mm-hmm. for your for your early stage edtech startups there's a lot of interest now towards um online learning so it might might help for uh, might help early stage companies or if you have a prototype or a product idea this might be a good time to to sort of start pitching it to to different people Um, at the same time, I think it's never easy to come up with the product for education sector. Mm-hmm. Education sector is very difficult as a as a business environment. It's very local uh, in a way that it's it's super difficult to come up with a product that is relevant globally. Mm-hmm. Um, if you compare to other other industries, it's 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 much must much, much easier. Like banks in Singapore work the same way than in Finland. If you have a fintech application for banks. You probably find it relatively similar process to sell it to Finnish banks or Singaporean banks. But if you have a product for schools, Singaporean schools are completely different than, than Finnish schools. Like the culture, the, the 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 requirements for students. Of course, there are a lot of similarities as well. But if we look at where do schools buy the most of the learning products that they are using, they buy those products from local publisher. Mm. So each country, no matter how small country, Like in Finland, its population is five and a half million. We have two big publishers who are selling like 95, 98% of the learning material that schools are using. And it's the same situation in all countries. So it's really difficult to come up with a product that is relevant in, uh, globally in, in many different cultures and many different market areas. And, and, and there are other challenges as well. So I would say that education sector is never easy to come up with a product and sell it globally and become successful uh, but at the same time at the moment i probably the time is time is really good now and i can see a lot of new edtech companies entering the market at the moment and of course if you if you want to do an education product for education you probably have the passion to change uh, ways of learning and ways of educating and people uh, so it's a it's about your your passion more than only becoming successful in business wise mm-hmm. do you have some advice 
for young people who maybe finished their schools not so <laughs> long time ago, but they still observe that something can be developed. Maybe it's a similar story as, as you observed, like you didn't really like school so much so often. So you thought, okay, let's let's not leave it. Let's just do something about that. What would you advise to to young people, not only to young people, but to young entrepreneurs who are into ed tech, who'd love to see the change, to implement the change, uh, how to start, how to deal with those early stage steps? Well, I, I think that the, you need to have passion to change things in, in education, really. And you also need to understand that if you went to school 10 years ago, if you went to primary school 10 years ago, it's not necessarily exactly the same anymore. So if you develop product that would be relevant to yourself as a primary school student, and you, you sort of develop a product that you would have wanted to have when you were in primary school, it's not necessarily relevant any, anymore. So you really need to, even though you're sort of an expert of how school works, because you spent maybe 10, 12 years in school already, but at the same time, you need to, you need to, go to school again and start educating yourself of what is happening in school at the moment and 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 be very aware of the of the everyday reality uh, re realities of schools at the moment especially in your target first target markets uh so so know your clients that's a common rule of of thumb for for every every startup entrepreneur regardless of the of the industry another more maybe maybe more industry specific tip that i'd like to give is that if you want to become a successful education company uh, it's, a, it's a marathon run that you need to be prepared for. Uh, many times we, we read that and we get the inspiration of uh, like inspirational startup stories are always about somebody founded a gaming company and became a millionaire like in, in three years and sold the company and, and that sort of things. Those are the ones that, that hit the media get the media coverage But at the same time, if we look at the, the average ages of, of uh, education startups and education technology startups, the ones that are most successful ones at the moment, those are like 10, 20-year-old companies. So they've been around for, for years before they found any success. And that you need to be prepared with and, and, and keep that in mind because it affects your decisions uh, from, the, from the very first days when you start the company. That how do you plan? What's the future for the company? Are you planning to, to are you dreaming of finding a big success in five years or in 20 years? And if it's 20 years, you do very different decisions in the beginning than if you if you sort of dream to have that find the big success in five years. Do you feel like it's easy for you to 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 be patient, to stay patient when it comes to let's say the outcome of your work right now maybe the long-term as you say long-term perspective we, we, we look at this market and we know that we implement some solutions but maybe to see the huge change to like the the the, the amazing um, improvements you need to wait personally you as the ceo are you patient or you prefer to be more like you know energetic to see like the outcome of your work is like you know like on time when you when you in, in, improve something you've got the result how do you approach patience it's super hard it's very it's very difficult and i i think we have learned a bit uh still a lot to learn in that in that field um uh, it's and i think that we've learned it the hard way um 
it kind of happens when you, you I, I suppose it's the same thing with with any 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 industry or 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 anything you want to want to achieve career wise that you you start gaining at the beginning you feel like i know everything i know it all i know how this thing works and now it just needs to be done then you start doing it and after first year you start thinking okay maybe it didn't go as I, as i planned and after two years you start thinking that oh how stupid was i in the beginning <laughs> i was thinking it would go like this and it, you 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 have the same feeling year after year and and uh, i suppose you just the best way to learn it just just do it um and also not not be afraid of doing things wrong it's a classic advice to not to fear failures uh also sort of know how to be able to to laugh at yourself as well and and sort of be not not to be too critical towards yourself uh in the in the long term so that you you have the freedom of of trying out things and 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 be patient or not be that patient but but eventually you will learn and then you look back and you laugh that oh how how stupid i was that i, I was thinking it that way mm. years ago okay well i have to admit that i share the same uh, opinion as you uh as you as you gave us um super difficult to have like i would say this emotional balance um sometimes we would like to you know like to provide some solutions that will immediately work perfectly sometimes it needs to wait a little bit um to sum it up, I would like to ask, um, we've got 2021 already, uh, but see, we don't know what to expect. How do you plan or how do you make some strategies for this year, knowing that still some external factors can happen and you may not be able to realize it? Like how, how to approach like this year planning in this kind of circumstances that we are right now? Like new year has started, but like how to approach it? Yeah, well, well, for for us, the, the, the of course the virus outbreak has, has been a terrible thing thing globally and and um, caused a lot of uh, challenges and problems in in many industries. However, I would say that the education, especially the the online education industry and edtech industry, has really benefited a lot because of the the, the distance learning activities that schools have have started to. Uh, acquire because of the virus and it also has been very beneficial for us uh, business-wise um, it is really difficult to predict what will what will happen I think that the, we are now on a, on a good track and and the things that we, we we sort of try to take advantage of the momentum at the moment mm. uh, coming up with new products uh, at the same time and and that that's why we raised investments as well uh, to be able to scale scale the business up now because the because of the momentum, um, I don't really think that the mon- mom- I think that the momentum will last um, with education. I think everything is everything happens very slow. Mm. And it means that you it it takes a lot of time before you get the momentum. But at the same time, the good the good side is that that when you have the momentum. It's not. It's not ending overnight. It's gonna last as well. So, so you have the time to, to sort of prepare and, and come up with the plan and also do experimentations and 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 through those experimentations decide that what's the what's what's our approach at the moment. 
-hmm. So I, I, I suppose we are now on the stage of, of uh, concepting some, some new products, uh, finalizing the investment round, and, and, and through that preparing ourselves uh, for, for uh, scaling, scaling up a little bit faster. Not, not too fast. We try to be patient, but uh, but uh, but still still aiming for 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 higher growth figures towards the end of the year. Mm, okay, I see. Um, so one last thing: if you can support other CEOs with some advice on the emotions, uh, we had a very difficult year. Like everybody was like very alerted like what's going on if my family is safe if the economy is safe enough um do you have any strategy solutions how to stay balanced in the moment that you are the ceo you have the responsibility however the world around is not that easy um how to stay mentally healthy in all of those circumstances like do you struggle with some troubles in the field or like you you know how to deal with it then please share how do you feel well i i have my own own manners that i that i've noticed that i i i go back to every time when when times are more stressful i try to maintain um like the, the level of doing sports uh, mm. higher during the times when it's more stressful uh then try to get the good sleep it, of course stress will will affect but then then I've found that there, there I have some strategies how to get the good sleep, even though I'm, I'm okay. stressed out. Uh, I, and, I wish I knew some strategies as I'm, I'm a very bad sleeper. Um, I, I work on it. Like I really like my goal for 2021 is how, like learn how to sleep well. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> well, well, I can, I can give you a tip. This, this probably doesn't work for everyone, but for me, it works really well. Uh, two years ago, it was super stressful times uh, that it was very, very, um, the business was very unbalanced and, and I was, I was super stressed out because of that. And I, and I started suffering like, like it was really hard to fall asleep when, when work things were in my mind, when, when I went to bed, I started listening to some of these uh, true crime podcasts that were really wow. like a horrible, very horrific podcast. And, and at first, the first thought is that it's not good when you go to bed to, uh, to listen to stories like this. But but I I noticed that those are the those those are so emotionally engaging, like in a in a maybe also in a bit of a negative way that they make you so scared. You forget everything else that happens happens and you, you you lie in your bed and you listen to the stories and when the story ends you you don't you don't care about your business stuff anymore. You you kinda take your it takes your mind away from, from those things. And then I found it really easy to fall asleep and that, that became a habit. I, I, I got rid of that habit when when I was not so stressed anymore and I haven't gone back to that, but maybe now I know that I have this trick that I can I can I can pull off when, when times are getting more stressful. Okay, so like crime stories. For me it sounds like I would be even more like stressed after all. Like I tried with films, I tried with books, but I for me engaging too much in the story like is not that helpful. I just decided like let's use some tools that the body gives me and really like um the training of breathing works for me recently. So it's super simple. It takes two minutes 
somehow it works. So I will try to maintain that and find some other ways as well. Um, are you optimistic, realistic, pessimistic for 2021? I'm I'm always optimistic. Great. It, it's that's that's my I, and I cannot really change that. And that is amazing. I, I have the same. Like I don't understand like why people are like like starting point of 2021 and they're already pessimistic i wouldn't be the ceo probably if i'm too pessimistic like i feel like it's the composition of some traits you you need to be some kind optimistic to to maintain uh your normal operation thank you so much we have two questions so i will ask you uh, i will ask you yeah i will read the questions to ask you um please try to find the answers for them uh for the young people how they can find their passion, how they can know it is really what they want to do. That is difficult to answer. What do you say? Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose you you just need to uh, settle with the fact that you cannot really know. Mm. Go with the flow and, and do what you do and, and not to question yourself too much. And then always know that I can, I can change direction whenever... Uh, Mm -hmm. what if the environment is not that supportive you know like sometimes we have this approach that young people need to be more realistic so let's you know convince them that it's not like the right timing that it's not like the right solution uh should we be in some way crazy when having some i would say creative ideas as young people can we allow ourselves like to be uh, you know those crazy guys with crazy ideas, trying to convince the world that they will use use like the world will use them. Yeah, I, I think that that's a that's a big issue for for many young people that if the if the environment is not supportive for towards your like experimentations or on career advice or or supporting you to 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 try to find your 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 path of life or career path if it's not that traditional career path that you're planning on. But at the same time, I think that if you, if you have, if you feel the, the, the call in you that I, I want to, I want to become an entrepreneur or I want to become an artist, for example, even though my parents or people around me would question my decision, you need to remember that every person who has become successful as an entrepreneur or as an artist or as whatever, they have been questioned as well, and yeah. still they made it, and and that's just part of the the questioning of your of your decisions doesn't stop there. So you you might as well start learning <laughs> learning from that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, the second question: If they are interested in edtech, how to start? Take a course or anything they can do. This is something similar to what I asked already, uh, but let's say the starting point. We would love to have some innovation in edtech. Should we reach to some accelerators? Should we search at universities? Should we like what is the very first step without having like the idea, the MVP, but like starting, starting. How to start? Chapter one. Well, uh, you can reach out to me. You can, you can reach out to to, to accelerators, mm. universities. Uh, many different countries have their own edtech consortiums. Like mm. in Finland, we have edtech Finland. Maybe in Poland, you have edtech Poland as well. I I think. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, and in edtech, you have you have some very successful edtech companies as well, like Brainly, for example. So, mm -hmm. so there are always these 
industry consortiums, whether it's country-specific or region-specific, you can reach out to the best part of the whole edtech sector and education business sector is that everybody is super helpful. Like I've never, I've never met anybody who wouldn't have had the time to listen what I what I had to say, uh, regardless if I was in the beginning of, of our starting our company or or, or at the moment. Uh, people always have time and, and people are really like o- always willing to help. Sure. I feel like it's a very good advice to reach to some people that are already operating in the field. Sometimes I feel like young people have the mindset that we should first start whatever we we don't know what to like how to start what to do how to deal with the world with the issues but like first we start and then we search for for some inspiration and for some advice maybe sometimes it's better to ask people who are already in the field as you for example or some people locally in the organizations around the world in many countries as you say there are specific um edtech organizations let's reach out to them let's get to know how it works Uh, who is responsible for things, how to deal with already like existing startups, what they do. yeah. And then we try to figure out how to improve the rest or how to improve what already exists. Um, so that's definitely the very important, I would say, advice. Thank you so much for our conversation today. Um, right now, time for wishes. <laughs> so what should I wish you as the CEO and to your organization? Uh, do you have one main thing that you'd love to realize to complete in 2021 what would it be one goal one plan one dream for you personally or maybe in a broad perspective for you and your organization well there there are many many uh, okay yeah. let's let's make a list like well what one thing like a, one higher level goal and, and wish that I have is that uh, we would be able to to keep our keep our mind open mm-hmm. also this year and get inspired of of coming up with get inspired of innovating things mm-hmm. um, we, we want to we are we are now in a, in a in a stage that we want to create new products which is super fun at the moment and I and I hope that we can keep the same inspiration up up Uh, even though we know that the product pitching that we are doing to to people and and investors and potential clients, we we do get rejected. But at the same time, we even though we get rejected, we need to keep our keep our mind mind um, happy and and inspired, coming up with new ideas. So that's that's one thing. As a, as a concrete thing, there is a certain certain product that I'm really excited about at the moment that we are. We've been we've been um, concepting. Um, I I hope that we get to launch that during during this year, yeah. uh, and that's that's very concrete. I I cannot say yet what's what's the product. Okay, well we will be updated. We need to follow you and uh, observe what you're doing to make sure uh, to know what the product is. So yeah, that's what I really wish. Uh, I will I will try to be updated and to observe carefully what you're doing, uh, hoping that you will change the approach toward edtech and and you know like the way we provide with learning solutions this is like the future for us like we always say that education is the future this is like the cliche already uh but like yeah this is it so hope for that and hope that no external factors will interfere 
uh, in this process. So fingers crossed for it. And thank you so much for the discussion today. Thank you, Caroline. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks, Carolina and Oli again. And please keep in touch. And for our next episode, uh, we'll talk about growth hacking and, and let's keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much.